Welcome to Manager Tools. Today's show, there is no why in feedback. Part two. Here we go. Folks, you've got to get this about intent versus behavior versus outcome. You and every person on your team have to act to a degree as a microcosm of the firm. I've said this before at conferences and I've had people come up and ask me questions. If your team only grows productivity by 2% and your company grows productivity by 8% in terms of profitability or whatever else, you're lagging the company. Even if you think it's too hard, I can only get 2%. If the company's growing at 8%, you're lagging. Your division, your area is going to be up for more cuts than somebody else. The group that grew 16% in order to average out eight while you only grew two, they're going to get more people and you're going to get less. I know that sounds hard, but when I'm a customer and I make decisions, I choose Apple over Windows or I choose X over Y. That's hard for Y. I don't mean it negatively to Y, but I'm going to make a choice that makes sense for me. And the organization has to make a choice that makes sense for it as well. There you go. Now, if you understand this whole you know, our focus on outcome versus intent, then you'll understand precisely why there's no why in the managed tools feedback model, right? We yeah. don't recommend this all step why, four, yeah. right? You're asking a question in step four. We don't recommend that you ask, why did you do that? Right? Yeah. Well, that's what, yeah. Well, what would they say if you said, why do you do that? What kind of reason are they going to have? A freaking good one. Good right? One. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Look, here's the problem with rationale, guys. Suppose one of your directs applies the same reason he did, uh, same reason again next week, because it's a good reason, a reasonable reason. And the outcome is the same, which is to be clear, not a good outcome. Are you going to be okay if in discussing with them their rationale, it makes sense to you? And so that same rationale next week drives the same behavior or outcome? And I think the answer is no, you wouldn't be. In that very moment, you admit that what you want is effective outcomes. Now, look, sure, we know you'd generally be more tolerant of a bad outcome if on learning the intent or the mistake was made, you'd be less upset, right? If when you heard the rationale, it made sense to you, sure, you'd be more tolerant. But again, that would imply you knowing the details every time, which isn't efficient. And also, we're not suggesting you're behaving intolerantly by pointing out, hey, you could do that better. Right. That's the thing I want to correct is, yeah, you might, if you understood the intent, you might feel more tolerant, more forgiving, or less angry. But in our feedback model, you're none of those. You're not angry. You are Ever. very you are really tolerant. You're just pointing it out. In in matter of fact, me, you and I talk about this all the time, is like when I give feedback. I don't give it unless I can smile or chuckle when I'm doing it. There's no less anger. That's a huge lesson for me, by the way, dude. When you taught me that, hey, I don't give feedback unless I can chuckle. To me, that was one of those, it's a a helping concept. Just broke it open for me. I'm like, yeah, okay, that's it, right? It's not that I have to avoid being negative. I have to avoid having an edge in my voice. There's an easy way to measure that. If I can't chuckle when I give the feedback, I'm not the right frame of mind to give the feedback. Exactly. Right? Otherwise, it's going to get in the way. It's going to be perceived as punishment. And folks, I promise you, every single one of you thinks of yourself as a nice person. And that's good. I'm sure you are. But not to your directs, you're not. You're not a nice person to your directs. You're not. To your directs, you're the boss. Now, you may also be a nice person. But I promise you, if you go to a Christmas party at their house, 
and they introduce you to people, they're not going to say, hey, this is my friend. They're not going to say, hey, this is a nice person. They're going to say, hey, this is my boss. That's the first thing. Now, you're a nice person. I, I trust that completely. Believe me, I do. Okay, maybe some of you not. But <laughs> you're a nice person. But that's not how I see you. And because of that power, when you have an edge, when you get sharp, when you're giving negative feedback, boy, that scares the that scares the tar out of them. It's not good. So look, let's agree. We all want effective outcomes. Okay. So we simply recommend you focus on outcomes. Look, in a gross oversimplification of our model, which we'll walk through here in just a second, steps two and three of the model say, hey, you did this. And because of what you did, this other thing happened. The model links your direct behavior with a result or an outcome just like your company's behavior in the marketplace, its products, its services, its communications create a result of some sort, sales or non-sales, happy customers, profits, losses, market share growth, market share erosion, growth, layoffs, whatever. So we want people to learn early on in their career. Behaviors and outcomes matter. Intent is good. It's helpful. It could be helpful to know, but we don't have time to go over it. And the fact is, the best intentions in the world can produce behaviors that are that create ineffective results. And if everybody has all the right intentions and the behaviors create bad results, we'll go out of business. And we won't feel better about going out of business because everybody had, everybody meant well, or because we tried our best, but there were some things we just couldn't foresee. Now, by the way, we're not suggesting the ends justify the means. We are suggesting that all motivations ought to be ethical and all behaviors ought to be ethical. And if you have ethical motivations and ethical behaviors, you can still have crappy outcomes. <laughs> and we want to avoid crappy outcomes. All right, look, let's just do this. There are thousands of people, Mike, listening right now that, that they're listening about all this feedback stuff and they're saying, well, okay, feedback and performance communications. Let's just run through quickly the four-step feedback model, okay? Good enough. Okay, step one, we ask for attention from the direct. We say to our directs, hey, can I give you some feedback? And by the way, we're not, we're not suggesting this is the only way you should learn about the feedback model. If you don't know about our feedback model, we've got 20 or 30 casts out there about how to talk to your directs about performance. This is not to be used with your boss. This is not to be used with your spouse, okay? This is manager tools. This is for you to use as a manager with your directs. There's other feedback models for different situations in your life, but for manager direct, this is the four-step model. The first thing you do is say, hey, can I give some feedback? Or, hey, can I share something with you? Since feedback is about your direct's future behavior, and I could spend days talking about that, I'm going to say that again for those of you who don't know us that well. Giving feedback to your directs is talking to them about their future behavior. You're not punishing past performance. You're not praising past performance. You're having a discussion with them about what they're going to do in the future. And basically what it means is if they did something wrong in the past, you want them to change it in the future. And if they did it right in the past, you want them to do it the same in the future. And since it's about them and their future behavior, only they control their future behavior, not you. It make no, makes no sense for us to talk to them if they're not willing to listen because communication is what the listener does. So we ask. And if they say no, we walk away. But if they do say yes, we go to step two, which is state the behavior. Tell them what they did. When you're late, when you find an error, when you make one extra phone call, when you double check your budget, when your budget has errors, when you answer the customer's call at 1 a.m. All we're doing in step two is talking about what they did, not what they meant, not what they thought, not how hard they tried. All of that is irrelevant. What's important is the behavior. And the great thing about behavior is you can videotape it. You can't videotape intent, but you can videotape behavior. Remember, behavior which drives ineffective outcomes 
is not mitigated by good intent or a lack of understanding. Also, if you don't focus on their behavior, a lack of focusing on their behavior doesn't imply a lack of forgiveness. I promise you folks, you may think that by staying away from their behavior, being harsh, it may sound harsh to say you did this and so this happened. It doesn't come across as more forgiving to talk about their intent or how they felt or anything else. It's just a longer conversation that's ended up talking about the mistake they made. The whole point of this discussion is their future behavior, which is yet to be written. Step three, you describe the outcome. You say, okay, you did this and here's what happened. You tell them what happened because of what they did. Here's what happens. I worry about you. I get a chance to correct it, which saves me embarrassment. The customer feels well taken care of. We find more opportunities for capital spending. I have to spend time reviewing everything late at night. You solve a problem before it becomes a massive failure. This is the simple effect phase of the cause and effect pairing of steps two and three. That's all it is. And then step four, that's all about encouraging the right or effective behavior in the future. If they did something good, say thanks or keep it up. If they messed up, say, hey, could you do that differently? Yeah. And there's no why in there, right? <laughs> right. There's none. None. And, and frankly, I got to tell you something else. You know, let me just add something to this cast. It's not in the show notes for those of you premium content subscribers. This is long enough that I wouldn't want to have to listen to me say it all again to get the key points out of it. There's no why in there. In the same way that... Mike has to be able to chuckle before he can give feedback. If you're thinking why, just stop. Just stop. There's no why. The highest praise you can give somebody is to say, I trust you to handle this. Now, we're going to tell you, we recommend because of the past performance of their previous managers, you're going to have to tell them, hey, this is going to sound weird to you. And yet, after you get through the first 10, 15, 20 times, people are going to realize, wow, that was great. I want it to be shorter and I'm okay connecting my behavior and my outcomes because every professional knows that that's a reasonable connection for a boss to make. It's almost always not helpful to discover the intent or the reason why people did it and changing your direct intents without changing their behaviors and their outcome doesn't get you better results and, and frankly, better results is what you're accountable for anyway. So is there ever an opportunity where you'd recommend that the manager actually talk about intent with their directs? Yeah, sure. Look, yeah, I mean, I, I you can't get around it for many, many directs. There's several places you can talk about intent when you talk to your directs. We actually have three recommendations for how to address this issue of intent versus behavior, depending upon where you guys are in your efforts to become more effective. And folks, just, just in case you're wondering, it's not going to be during the feedback. Yeah. If that's yeah. what you're hoping. There are yeah, circumstances talk about where why. we talk about intent. <laughs> no, no. Yeah. Okay. First, let, let, for those of you who haven't rolled out the Trinity yet, or maybe you started one-on-ones, but you haven't gotten to feedback yet, you have the best situation because your directs haven't gotten used to feedback in this new way. And you get a chance to reduce the impact of their previous bad bosses on your effective managerial performance communications using the feedback model. Okay, we have a standing rule at Manager Tools, which is never introduce a managerial behavior change without announcing and explaining it first. If you don't explain to your team that you're going to start, quote, managing differently, unquote, they're going to assume that the change is about them and not about you. People will come back and say, what, what the hell training did he go to? What's his flavor of the month? And they'll read all kinds of intent into your change. And by the way, that's a whole other story about how that relates <laughs> yeah. to this cast. And not good intent. Probably. Yeah, right. They're going to read all kinds of things into your change and worry that there's a problem when, in fact, it's just you just trying to get better. For this change, 
as we've discussed in our rolling out the Trinity guidance, we recommend we're talking about rolling out the Trinity and saying, hey, I'm going to start giving feedback. We recommend you walk your entire team through our slides on feedback. In fact, we have a cast called Rolling Out the Trinity, folks. I encourage you to listen to it. And it talks about exactly how to tell them this is what's coming and here's how, here's why I'm going to do it. Take them through the reasoning. Take them through the four-step model, the why and the how and the what of each step. Take questions from them about what, what it's going to sound like, what it's going to feel, why are you doing this? And if you like, for those of you who have been to a conference, use your practice scenarios to show them how. What would you do in this situation? Let's talk about that. Well, here's how I'm going to start doing that going forward. And then, since you haven't started giving feedback yet, you have a chance to address the whole why argument very directly. You could say something like this. Hey, look, folks, that's the model. It's just four steps. I don't need to hear why you did something or why something you planned appropriately turned out badly because it's something unforeseeable. You don't need to defend yourself when I give you negative feedback. I'm not punishing you. You don't need to feel like you need to make me feel better about you. I love you. I want you to be successful. Okay? My purpose in saying something has nothing to do with what's already happened. My purpose in saying something has nothing to do with what's already happened because I can't change what's already happened and it doesn't do any good for us to talk about it. My purpose is about helping you try to do it differently next time in the event it's negative feedback. Okay, Your reasons or explanations will always be about the past and my feedback is going to be about the future. The two don't mix. So there's no reason to tell me why your what your reasons were because I'm thinking about you doing it right in the future. And that what's that's part of the reason why I'm going to come across very relaxed and very very jovial, very very comfortable, almost chuckling because I can see you doing it right in the future and we're going to laugh about the fact that you made a mistake in the past. It's no big deal. That's what you do. You say something like that. Now, some of you are listening going, "Gee, that sounds pretty casual." Yeah, it does sound pretty casual. You have all the role power you need, folks. You don't need to act like a boss. Everybody who works for you knows that you are their boss. Okay? The more relaxed you are, the more comfortable they'll begin to receive feedback from you. Okay. What about those who've already started giving feedback in the model? Okay? Look, the thing to do is to use the same sort of comment in a staff meeting or even in your one-on-ones. Just explain the model in a little bit more detail, right? Hey, I want to go over something. You guys may be wondering about this. I know a couple of times I've given you feedback. Some of you have wanted to come back and tell me why. I just want to cover this a little bit more. You don't need to tell me why. And you run through that same thing again. You could do that in a staff meeting or a one-on-one. Okay. Your point here will be to ensure that your directs know they don't need to justify or explain what happened because what happened, again, isn't the point of the discussion. And then the last situation is... For those of you who are already giving feedback but don't want to make an announcement, I actually think that standing up in front of your team and saying, I'm going to change something about how I manage this team is a way to make clear every process, every system, every way we do thing is available to be changed. Management is not cut in stone and this is the way I do it and it's not just my personality. If there's a better way to manage, I'll do it. I once said that at a conference, Mike. It's been a few months ago. I said, I told the group the same thing. I said, you should be willing to sit in front of your folks and say, if there's a better way to manage, I'll do it. And then they said, well, I did that once. And the, this direct came up to me and said, well, here's how I want you to manage. And he <laughs> says, I, I, did, I didn't know how to answer. And I said, well, this is my off-the-cuff answer. And it probably doesn't sound good. But the thrust of my answer will boil down to, I don't manage for you. I manage for the company. And there'll be times when I do stuff that you don't love. And the same way that the company asked me to do stuff that I don't love, but I'm a professional, 
and I do it. And so I don't manage to make you happy. I manage to make us achieve a lot of results. And sometimes us being unhappy for a short period of time is actually kind of good. You know, that's how oysters make pearls. They get a little bit of sand in there. Oh, I probably went overboard on that one. Sorry. There you go. So, so you're the sand in an organization. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. I, I Perfect. think not. How aspirational can you get? Yeah, exactly. So look, for everybody who's already given feedback and they don't make an announcement, just address each instance on a case-by-case basis. And that's what the next point is, right? Which is when somebody states their reasons, tell them out loud you're not worried about why they did what they did. Hopefully, you've told your ex they don't need to defend themselves. But if you didn't, then they may not know they don't need to explain. They're still doing it, maybe. Maybe we told them they're still doing it. How can we encourage them not to do it? And really, I'm going to give you several recommendations. They're all variations on a theme. And there's a particular way for those rare people who insist, and that's, of course, the shot across the bow, which we'll talk about last. For almost everybody, you can combine one of these several comments, one or more of these several comments, when they make protestations about their innocence. And what's funny is people want to be innocent because the the victim deserved it, right? I, I didn't mean to do it. It just came out that way. And, of course, we're not talking about innocence. We're talking about outcome. The fact is somebody's dead. Look, here's what you say. Hey, no worries. It's not a big deal. That's the first thing. That will lower their insistence on giving you rationale or explaining what happened because you're trying to suggest you don't need a court case here. I've already let this go. Feedback, to be clear, is not a big deal if you're doing it right. The point is you're sending a small message to them that they're overreacting. This is sort of a miniature shot across the bow. You could also say, hey, I'm glad the intent was good and we still want the right outcomes, right? Here, you're making the distinction again between intent and behavior, and behavior is obviously linked to outcome. You could also say, I always trust your intent, Sarah, and I want good results too. Again, here, you're showing the difference between intent and behavior. You could also say, hey, stuff happens, I understand, and next time better. Here, you're acknowledging that the best laid plans get interfered with and reminding them that that's not the point. This is, by the way, one of my all-time favorite phrases. I made it up like 20 years ago when I started doing feedback, and that, that is next time better. 14 letters, four syllables, three words, totally powerful. And the point of this is, again, you're thinking about the future, and you want them to be doing so also. And, and they may say, well, I want you to know. I say, dude, I'm, I'm listening anymore. Next time better. That's all that matters. Next time better. Yeah. And use these phrases enough times, you'll whittle down the number of times people get defensive, right? Yeah, yeah. And now, now look, here's what happens. Managers say, well, okay, if they're going to get defensive, they're going to explain the rationale. I need to prove to them why their rationale wasn't valid. Sometimes, though, traffic is not really a rationale, but they want an excuse for why they were late. So far too many managers believe that they can win the argument on intent, which you cannot because there's no data about intent. The only intent that's going to come out of that discussion is out of the mouth of your direct. And if your direct chooses, if they believe they want to get off the hook by intent, they will fib in order to get off your hook. And the only data that there's going to be about intent is going to come directly from the direct who is essentially incented, incentivized to not be totally candid with you because they don't want to talk about behavior and outcome anyway, right? So the whole point is, if you start talking about the future and ignore 
the rationales, ignore the explanations, they'll get it. And they may go back and grumble and say, oh, I had a good reason this time. And somebody else will say, yeah, but the, you know, and the military would have said, yeah, but the old man doesn't care. He wants outcome and behaviors. Yeah. Right. If you're known as the person who insists on the right behaviors in order to get good outcomes, you could do worse in the world than that. Okay. It sounds incredible. Yeah. Simple, but what happens when you got somebody, you've been polite, you've been kind, you've done it like I've suggested with a chuckle in your voice. Yeah. And it doesn't matter. They get defensive. They aggressively defend what they did, why they did it. Right. And they just won't stop. You use the phrases that you've just suggested and they just can't get out of their defensive mind. What do you do then? Yeah, it's a, it's a great question. And of course, it's going to be shot across the bow. I just want to go back and make a point. For every single one of the phrases I just gave you, like, hey, no worries, not a big deal. Hey, glad the intent was good. Still want the right outcomes, though. Or, hey, I always entrust your intent, Sarah. I understand about the reason, Sarah, but I want good results. And I want good results, too. And stuff happens. I understand next time better. You could append all those with the nomenclature dude, and it would come across much more casually. Just, just saying. I'm just saying about that. I'm not, <laughs> that will do not that, mandating yeah. that. That's not a black and white thing. But those of you who know me, <laughs> if I, when I stand up in front of a group and say, dude, can you do that better for me? People are like, wow, that didn't sound harsh at all. I literally do not know a phrase that you can use the word dude in that comes across as harsh. And, and I did get a, a text message from a friend of mine I had coffee with recently here in, in Fredericksburg. And he said, Mark, you're 50 years old. Does the phrase cool dude, in res- I, we were trying to set up uh, uh, coffee at a coffee shop in town. When are you going to get rid of the phrase cool dude? And I wrote back, never, <laughs> never. In part because I know in my case, I can be fairly daunting as a boss. I don't intend to be, but I'm sure Wendy will tell you that I am at times. And anything I can do to lessen the, the gap, the big fat red sign, the fact that I'm not a nice person to my directs, I'm still the boss. I do. And most of you could learn well from that, that you have all the power you need by doing nothing. You don't need to amplify it by putting an edge in your voice or speaking sharply or loudly or cutting people off or lowering your chin and narrowing your eyes. Don't do it. But let's finish this. this. In the event that someone wants to aggressively defend why they did what they did, remember, you can always just walk away. Smile. Throw up your hands a little bit and say, sorry, dude, no worries. Just let it go. Let's just go ahead and let it go on this, okay? The direct knows their anger or indignation is out of line, and you're being kind to not call them on it. And, and for those of you who don't know, we have one of our all-time favorite casts is Shot Across the Bow, and we encourage you to listen to it. And, and you know what more? The, the direct knows that your focus on behavior and outcome is reasonable, they know there's a part of them that knows their interest in talking about their intent is pre-professional. It's amateurish. This is going to sound harsh, guys. Don't take this as bad as it sounds. It's juvenile as opposed to adult-like. And they know you're right. And frankly, here's the beauty of the of shot across the bow and just walking away if somebody says, blah, 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 and they bow up as we say here in Texas. If you're wrong... What better way to handle it than to back off and say, well, let's not even worry about it. Let's let it go. So when somebody pushes back and they push back hard on negative feedback, don't forget, if you're worried that the, the, the cast this far is not going to prepare you for somebody who you know is going to get really angry, remember the answer to that is shot across the bow and you just walk. You say, I'm sorry. No worries. Let's let it go. Because you're not going to get into discussion with them about addressing intent. And if that's what they want to do with vehemence, 
You simply have to walk away because you're not going to achieve what you want to achieve, which is talking about their future behavior. They're so busy thinking about, I want him to understand my rationale. My rationale is legitimate and valid and so on. And I'm angry that he's calling me out for it. And of course, in your mind, you're not thinking about that. You're thinking only about outcomes, only about behaviors, but he wants to talk about rationale. Don't engage in a discussion that you can't achieve your objective. Walk away. Okay, you've dropped all sorts of hints. You've tried to walk away, and they just go on and on and on. They just won't let it go. Let's say you they do this 15 times, right? You've done this 15 times, and they continue to engage in these behaviors. Okay, yeah. So, so yeah, at first when you said go on and on and on, I thought you said I'm walking away, and they're literally not following me. They're literally following me saying, no, I want you to hear it. If somebody follows you and you walk away from a shot across the bow moment, and again, more detail in that podcast called Shot Across the Bow, you just turn around and say, look, let's just end this. Okay. I, I really don't want to have this conversation. Let, let's just, let's just end this. If the person continues to, to follow me and say, I don't think you understand. No, 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 You need to know this. I might say, let me say this differently. This conversation is over. Would you please excuse me? Okay. So th- that, that could happen. But what you're asking about is the, the guy starts the, yeah, to give exactly, you rationale. The situation you described, it can happen, but it doesn't. Ha- I mean, that's pretty. No, aggressive, it's right? one I mean, in it's, a million. It's almost, it's almost assault at some point. But okay. Yeah. But I'm not talking about that. Yeah. But you know what? People always give us the most egregious example. I just want to shoot down the egregious example <laughs> in advance. <laughs> okay. All right. Right. So you're saying that the person continues to bring up rationale, even though every single time they do, we say, Hey, no worries. Exactly. Walk away. Yep. Right. Exactly. So if it's been 15 times, I look, th- then it's time to give them feedback about the why. And you say this, Hey, can I give you some feedback? Maybe I do this in a one-on-one. I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do it in the moment. If I felt like, geez, this guy ever going to learn it's been 15 times. Cause I might not be able to do that with a chuckle. And so I wouldn't do it at all. And I'd say to him in a one-on-one, can I give you some feedback? When you tell me why you did something, after 15 times of me telling you what you did, why you did it is not important. It comes across to me as a little bit insecure and defensive, which doesn't really fit to our kind of professional company we've got here. Can you work on that for me? Feedback about the why. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Actually, it's not about the why. It's about their behavior. I'm, I'm giving them feedback about their behavior because I've right. given them ample feedback that we're not going to talk about why. Them continuing to want to talk about something that I don't want to talk about, then I'm going to give them feedback of the behavior, which is talking about the why. Good. And that's it. Cool. Yeah. So we talk about why directs are defensive for darn good reasons, it turns out. And, and they want to cite their reasons for why they did something because they are defensive and because they want credit for the, the good rationale they had. But the fact is, there's no why in the feedback model because there's no why in the marketplace. And so the solution is you got to talk about intent when you pre-brief your directs about the feedback model. Tell them you're not going to talk about why and tell them why you're not talking about why. And if you've already started giving feedback, you could do this in a staff meeting or you could also just mention it on a case-by-case basis. When they state their reasons, you know, tell them you're not worried. Okay. Tell them why it's not important to me. Okay. And then, of course, in those rare cases, don't forget to check about. Look, folks, until your directs get used to more frequent, intent-neutral, behavior and outcome-based performance communications, they're going to use their old mindset, and that means defending themselves. We, as effective managers trying to improve our abilities and therefore get better results for the organization, have to help them through our managerial behavior change. Tell them what you're doing and why makes a big difference. It helps them. Don't hesitate to remind them that of course their intent was good. I trust you. I love you. I know your intent's good, but that's not what feedback is about. Excellent. All right, my friend. That was fun. 
My pleasure. Thanks, partner. We'll see you later. Thanks, everyone. That's it. Hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you all next week. Meantime, have a great one. So long.